live from the Redeemer Radio 95.7 studios in the shadows of the Golden Dome, this is Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. And welcome to a very unusual edition of Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, Notre Dame FCU, where Eubank does matter. I'm Oz DiCarlo, Kevin Downey with me. As always, Ilya Glasman helping us out on uh, audio, as well as Doug Jones back at our Fort Wayne studios. Uh, there's been power outages, as everyone knows, in the Michigan area, and I believe in Fort Wayne as well. Our tower was down, so we just got back on the air about an hour or so ago, and uh, no internet here at the 95.7 studios. So, um, I don't know, Kevin, it feels like 2021 starting off for us getting on the air like uh, Notre Dame. Not so well, but we're <laughs> on the air and we're ready to go. Happy to have a show. Um Wow, and uh, let's talk about last last night's game. Uh, Notre Dame losing to Alabama, thirty-one fourteen. Obviously, did not go the way the Irish uh, planned yep. and hoped. Uh, w- let's just start. What your general thoughts are on on everything that went down? Well, I mean, I think uh, Notre Dame's a good team, but Alabama's a really good team, and I think it came down to. Just a lot of little things, um, but their three really good players kind of made the exclamation point, and I think made that gap really big. <laughs> and at least just watching, you know, there wasn't a lot of answers for um, Devonte Smith, the wide receiver. I, you know, his what do he have? Seven catches for 130 yards uh, and three touchdowns. Felt but like it he sure could've... seemed like yeah, he he just seemed to dominate like when he got the ball. He uh, he did just a great job. Yeah, he was uh, he was phenomenal, um, and it felt like like you said, it felt like he had twenty catches. He, he and at some point, I I saw someone tweet, um, "Why why aren't they throwing to him on every play?" And it was a good question because yeah. it seemed like outside of maybe like one mistake he made where he dropped one ball and then he didn't get that onside kick recovery. Yeah. Outside of that, he Pretty was near perfect. He was he was phenomenal, and that that gets us to this question. Obviously, Notre Dame fans are. Not happy, and then you go, and when the game ended, everyone's like, look, Alabama and Clemson, they're just at this elite mm-hmm. level. And then all of a sudden, Ohio, Ohio State, State beats, <laughs> beats Clemson by 21. And I go back to the fact that, and this is not uh, taking a shot at Notre Dame in any way, um, but when you don't have conferences playing each other in any form, it's hard to gauge who's actually yeah. good. So it might just be that Clemson was in that Notre Dame range, better than Notre Dame maybe because of what we saw in the ACC championship, but that, in fact, this year it's Alabama and Ohio State are the two elite teams, and that next level down is Notre Dame and and Ohio State, or Notre Dame and Clemson, because you just can't tell. Or maybe just Ohio State brung it last night. And and it was was one night, one time, yeah. Well, I think, honestly, Alabama and Clemson and um, Ohio State, if you look in the past – few years they are extremely consistent with with uh you know they're at that next level um and and i guess it's exciting in one sense for notre dame that for at least in the last three years um you know they've been a part of the conversation and had their chance too uh you know they had just as much opportunity as ohio state did yesterday to go out and be an underdog and get a big upset now, the big question, obviously, is can Notre Dame win this game? Are they in a position to win this game? And Brian Kelly got asked that a bunch last night. We're going to yeah. try to bring you that audio, but, again, we're having 
internet <laughs> issues and all sorts of stuff. So we're gonna. I'm. I'm actually gonna attempt to play it off my cell phone in a little bit and see if we get good enough audio. We'll. We'll. We'll see. But um, Brian Kelly hated that topic coming up in post game. Oh yeah. I understand why he would hate the topic, but it's a very real question. Um, there's no question. You. You sit there wonder. You know, can Notre Dame get to that next level? Get to that elite level? I don't know if they can. Because I don't know if they can get, and I'm again. This is not a um, uh, Mac Jones. I believe is a very good academic student. So I, yeah, I don't he's know. Really good. I don't know what academically of any of the players. So I'm not going to say some Alabama players would not be admitted. Like I don't know any of them in terms of their academics. But um, there are restrictions at Notre Dame. You have to have a certain level of kid to get into Notre Dame to be able to succeed at Notre Dame. Just getting in is not the issue. Yeah. You actually have to succeed. Hence the Frozen Five from you know five, six, seven years ago because those guys weren't able to hold up. They cheated to try to stay in. Yeah. Um, so it, it is difficult once you're here. So I don't know if you can get you can get the Kyle Hamiltons, the Jeremiah Wusu Cormos. Can yeah. you get fifteen of them though? That's the problem. And Alabama. Well, the question would be how many more do you need? So, obviously, those well, three Alabama players made a huge impact. Well, they're better than anyone. I mean, at least, at least, maybe I'll say this. Maybe at least Smith and Harris are at such an insane elite level yeah. that they are better than, no question, anyone on Notre Dame's roster right yeah. now. Maybe Hamilton raises to that point. But you need. they, they Mac Jones is still excellent, and they have other tight ends, wide receivers on Alabama yeah. that we saw that played well. I don't know if Notre Dame can get 10 or 15 of those guys. That's the problem. Yeah, I don't know the number that you would need. I, I guess the big thing to, <laughs> that I would get into would be the, the whole quarterback. So, again, Mac Jones seems like he's more of a game manager, but he can take enormous shots downfield, and he just doesn't make mistakes. Um you know, he had what, 297 yards passing and four touchdowns. Uh, again, they he, they just get the ball to people that, that make sense. But but think of who he was in the quarterback room with, right? He was with Tua and Jalen Hurts, and he was just a guy that was probably pretty quiet and sat in the corner, and he was a smart guy. I guess I heard on the uh, broadcast yesterday he graduated in two and a half years of <laughs> his undergrad. So, you know, he was smart, but yeah. – <laughs> I don't know. It's a legitimate question. When can Notre Dame win the big one with Brian Kelly? But at least they're in the conversation. There were years ago where they weren't relevant, and maybe just as the evolution um, of 2012 and of <laughs> two years ago, I know, maybe they're getting steps closer to figuring that out. And right. there may be restrictions, I guess. My big question would be the, the whole quarterback thing for Notre Dame. Well, you're a big Ian Book guy. Oh, I love him. But how are you going to get um, – yeah, but now he's gone because <laughs> we woke up. It's the next day. So how are you going to get that, that next uh, person? And it looked like the the young guy that came in. Drew Pine. Yeah, he uh, yeah he ran me of Tommy Reese and maybe a little Ian Book. Maybe they need something different. Or maybe he's going to be – already have learned from Ian through the past three years. So I don't know.
And then you got Tyler Buckner, who's coming in as a true freshman. He'll enroll early, so he'll be on campus. And then who knows what to expect from Brendan Clark coming back from an injury. Obviously, he was not playing because he's been injured. He was the emergency quarterback. Um, That's definitely, obviously. But Buckner is a five-star, considered one of the top three, four quarterbacks in the country. Um, Some rate him as the second best. Now, can he play from day one as a true freshman? Um, Jimmy Clausen did. Now, Clausen struggled that first year, but... Jimmy also had a bad shoulder, the entire – bad shoulder or bad elbow? I can't even remember. Had a bad shoulder, elbow, one of the two, in his throwing arm yeah. the entire year as a true freshman. You can understand he's going to have struggles on a team that was also not good. Good, yeah. You know, so so that's going to be be a factor. But it's, it is hard to imagine whether or not Notre Dame can, in fact, get over the hump. I'm going to play this uh, interview with Brian Kelly post game from last night. Um, here we go. We had the opportunity. You watched the game. I watched the game. Um, we did not score in the red zone when we had opportunities. We moved the ball in um, into the red zone. We missed a field goal. Um, we had two opportunities in the red zone to score where this would be a, a competitive football game, and we didn't make enough plays. This wasn't a matter of getting knocked off the ball or not having enough players to, uh, to compete against Alabama. This was about making plays. And so, um, you know, I guess I guess everybody needs to continue to carry this narrative that Notre Dame's not good enough. Look at the scores of the games that Alabama's played all year, and I think we need to start to change the narrative a little bit. This team was out there competing and having a chance to win, um, and proud of the way our guys competed. You feel like the program has gotten a lot closer. What, what's the first next step you feel like you guys could take or need to take? <sighs> I don't know how I need to keep – I really don't want to continue to go down this path. We're going to keep getting here, okay? And we're going to keep banging at it. And you guys watched the game, didn't you? They made plays on the perimeter. They made some dynamic plays. They have the college football player of the year who made some dynamic plays. Um, we battled. We were right there. Um, you know, so – we're going to keep getting back here, and I'm sorry if, if you don't like it or if the national media doesn't like it, but we're going to go back to work. We're going to keep recruiting, and we're, we're going to put ourselves back in this position again. Um, and, and I think our kids battled and played really hard and physical. We ran the ball today, um, and, and I'm not taking it personal because – these questions keep, keep coming up like we have to reinvent ourselves. We were physical today. Um, they were dynamic on the perimeter like they have been all year. This is a really good football team. Um, and we're just going to keep recruiting and keep playing, and we're going to keep putting ourselves in this position. And that's all we can do. All right, your next question will come from Steve Bolton of WZZN. Go ahead, Steve. Coach, uh, congratulations on a successful season. Huh. Uh, well, that would be nice if our local people would have felt that way. But they, they don't use any of those kinds of terms. This is always about, you know, where our program needs to go. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, sorry we are asking you legitimate questions, Coach. He's sick of this, as he likes to call it, a narrative yeah. um, about Notre Dame. But here's the question. Do they need to reinvent themselves? Is there is there something else they have to do, or is it just a matter of you stay this pattern and you pray you're going to win one of these games? Like I don't know, 
I don't know uh, what they already have really reinvented themselves with. No, I know, but do they have to do something else to get to the next level? What do you think? Uh, they may have found the blueprint that works for them, and with their um, recruiting, like again, they uh, they were able to run the ball, which is way different from the last time that that they met. Um, and even, yeah, yeah, they, I I think that they may be on the right path. So a couple hurdles would be. Um, it seems like they have found a good niche with their defensive coordinator or now former defense coordinator. So as he leaves, like, do, are you going to be able to have some consistency? Because um, I do think that, that they're a better defensive team overall with what they're doing uh, now or what they have been doing under Lee and Elko before him. Um, but now they're gone. And then, yeah, I mean, they've had – good wide receivers in the past, but they consistently get good offensive linemen, tight ends, and um, thank goodness those running backs emerged this year as well. Yeah, well, there's no question about that. Ilya, if you want to chime in as the voice of the fans. Yeah, um, the thing is that I, I, I do believe we have to reinvent ourselves, and it's kind of not fair because in 2012, after that national championship game, people were like, okay, Notre Dame is clearly just – smaller compared to Alabama in yeah. terms of the trenches, you know, like the offensive defensive line, they were just smaller. They were True. out, they were outpowered. And that's what Brian Kelly did. He said, okay, we got to get bigger, more physical. And you saw that last night because we did have success in the mm-hmm. run game when we yes. actually committed to it. But now the needle keeps, you know, shifting. Now you need guys on the perimeter with speed yeah. and, you well, know, they have no guys on the perimeter in speed. Exactly, because None. the the needle keeps shifting. You know, the trend of you know football, not just in college, but the NFL is like you need you know guys that could burn down the field to where you could get these big chunk plays. Yeah. and it just, I mean, it's not fair to Notre Dame because Brian Kelly he said, "Hey, we're going to get bigger by the time we face Alabama the next time," and it's been eight years, and that's exactly what he's done. <laughs> Notre has got bigger, more physical on both sides of the ball, but. Yeah. The needle keeps shifting, and now they got to reinvent themselves again, and hopefully they could, you know, this trend will continue by the time that Notre Dame works themselves to this trend that Alabama has, you know, you know, kind of put the standard on. So that's really the thing for me is that, yes, Brian Kelly did do what he said he was going to do, but unfortunately the needle has shifted to where you need more speed on the perimeter. Yeah, and that's a very good point, Kevin. What do you think of what Ilya had to oh, say? For sure, I think they did address the the uh, line deficiencies. So the defensive line, even you know, we've talked about the offensive line being able to run the ball. The defensive line has a lot more depth; they're a lot more physical. But that elite level, <clears throat> like Alabama, they have really good offensive lines too, and really good quarterbacks, and really good wide receivers. <laughs> they can do things on the perimeter, uh, and really good running backs, like when Naja hurdled that guy. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the was, better oh football my. plays I've ever seen. I mean, that was unbelievable <laughs> when he hurdles Nick McLeod. Basically standing up. It wasn't yeah. like the guy was going to tackle his knees. He, he Do you was, think, by the way, McLeod could have tackled him when he hurdled him? Like I, It's almost like he looked like he, he didn't whoa. really dunk that much. Yeah, it was like, whoa. I mean, I don't he's blame got, him. He's got hops. Yeah, he's got he's got a hop. It was unbelievable. Sure. Well, yeah. the thing for me is like, Devante, like they... Notre Dame obviously took away the deep ball, mm-hmm. and they did it pretty successfully. What I guess Notre Dame and even like me as the fan underestimate is how Devonta Smith, if I got his Devonta name correct, Smith, yeah, yeah, Devonta Smith, he just 
takes away the cornerback's leverage because he finds these great angles to just take or just to beat you on. And it's not like he broke tackles. They just completely missed him because he knows like the leverage and it just was so frustrating to watch. He would catch like these bubble screens or these comeback routes and it's just unstoppable. It was really frustrating to watch as a fan, but you got to give him all the credit in the world. He well, I think coaching too. Like, I mean, Nick Saban's really dialed in. Well, so, okay. so they have guys that come and go for coordinators. Nick, Sarkeesian's yeah. there now, and he's doing a great job. But you know, he had kind of a checkered pass, but always kind of a you know smart um, offensive guy. So, and Saban said it early in pregame. Um, they had two great wide receivers. <laughs> so there was Devontae Smith and, and then Jalen Waddle. Yeah, Waddle. And and at that time they uh were more stagnant, people played more set positions. And then he just said, Yeah, well now we do a good job of putting them in all different kinds of positions to be successful. Yep. So there were times when there were lots of mismatches. I mean, Crawford um was the number one tackler <clears throat> and he was the number one tackler because they um we're throwing at him. You know, they, they yeah. chose to try to get that mismatch. Well, let me ask um, you this. Mm-hmm. Did you say coaching? And yeah. obviously that brings up the people, the, the the Notre Dame fans that are so mad right now. Yeah. That they're, they, they want Brian Kelly fired. Oh, I think they're and, crazy, but yeah. <laughs> but the reason why is I think they'd say he's done a good job rebuilding, but they're like, this is, this is his ceiling. He can't get any further. And I don't know the answer. Is yeah. it Brian Kelly's ceiling or is, is it, it Notre, Notre Dame's Dame. ceiling? If you flip-flop these two coaches, I am putting money down. Like, let's just say Nick Saban's the head coach at Notre Dame and Brian Kelly's the head coach at Alabama, and you take the whole staffs, you put them, and you, you yeah, slide them you over. Just flip them. Brian Kelly would win the national championship with Alabama. Yeah. They're going to win with those players. Yeah. Now, does that mean Saban can get better players here? Maybe. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. But I'm telling you, if you think – Saban is that much. The players matter. It's just a machine, and it keeps building on and he, itself year after year after and year. And kudos to Saban for building that. I yeah. give him all the credit in the world. Um, Again, like the offensive line, so so there wasn't a physical difference like the last time yes. in the in the two teams. But Alabama's offensive line, except for the hurdle play, for the most part, they they had giant. They had good holes. They they could run the ball, but then. Pass protection, they gave up one sack. Yeah. Two guys had a half a sack. Like, that's I mean, that's pretty good. That's consistent. So they just kind of raised the bar to the next level. I guess in Brian Kelly's defense, they are at that level. Just, you know, they, they did make it two out of the last three years. They just need to keep figuring out how to improve. And if he's done anything in the last three years, um, he, he kind of has – I don't know if he's reinvented himself, but there has been consistent player um, and position and team improvement. But then you'll get, you know, graduation. And so then they're going to have to go back through that growing process again. Alabama is the standard of college Mm -hmm. football. They've shown this decade from, you know, 2009 or whenever Saban got there to now that they're the standard. And the reality is that Alabama, even though they put themselves under – the umbrella of a university that that's a factory that that's exactly what alabama is they're a, a nfl factory they turn these kids out to play in the next level and yeah. it shows on the field 
Okay, last last thing I want to address here, and then we'll take a timeout because we're up against the clock here, and then we'll uh, we'll, we'll continue the conversation next segment. This sure. is this is almost like open floor, what's ever yeah. on your mind, uh, <laughs> our edition of Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Uh, also, there's national media, there's um, others from other teams saying, well, this is a reason why Notre Dame shouldn't be allowed in the playoff. Um, and, the, the, you know, they prove time and time again they can't compete at this level, so why do you keep on letting them in? I ask you this. If, if Texas, a- Texas A&M lost to, to Alabama by more points, yeah. by the way, yeah. um, so they're the next team in. Who else do you want in? They're talking Cin- about Cincinnati. Cincinnati, Cincinnati yeah. played a great game last night, but they lost to Georgia. But they so, lost. So, so why should they be in? Yeah. Do you want to say Oklahoma? They had two losses this year. Yeah. So, so I love this notion that, oh, well, Notre Dame, they can never win the big one. They don't deserve to be there. <laughs> well, who do you want to put in? There was no yeah. one else. They earned the right to be there, and no one else. And we don't even know what's going to happen next week. They might blow – Ohio State out by 28. Yeah. I don't know if they will or not. Um, they If they played Clemson, they might have blown them out by 21. If yeah. You know what I mean? Like, for instance, let's just say Notre Dame had beat Clemson in the ACC championship. Would would Clemson – I don't know who would in the 4C, but Alabama's winning by four touchdowns probably. So, I mean, I think Notre Dame – I think that, that narrative is incorrect, and Notre Dame does deserve to get in there, and we just haven't seen whether or not – I, there's just someone said it. There's two and a half elite teams. Yeah, it's like it's yeah. Alabama every year, and, Clemson, and then Clemson. Clemson, and then sometimes Ohio State, mm-hmm. yeah. and then there's a drop. Yeah, for sure. And then after that, it's some common LSU got hot, Notre Dame, Georgia, yeah, Oklahoma, been Notre Dame in that conversation. <laughs> yeah. Right, but I don't know if I don't know if someone else is in there if they're not getting blown out. Yeah, it's it's backwards thinking. It's uh, people think that it's. Notre Dame that doesn't, you know, they should be locked out of the playoffs until they prove otherwise. But in reality, it's exactly what Angelo said. It's Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and then it's everyone else. It's not that Notre Dame is that bad. It's just that those teams are that elite. Okay. Um, do you agree? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, as we mentioned, uh, we are um, – Kind of working hybrid. Doug Jones, our operations manager, running the board back in Fort Wayne for us. No internet here at the 95.7 studios. Uh, maybe many of you are uh, you know, listening to, to us on your cell phone in your house or something like that. Um, and thanks for joining us here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. I um, want to let you know that Notre Dame Federal Credit Union is the largest Catholic credit union in the United States. Notre Dame FCU has served over 800 Catholic entities in over 25 dioceses nationwide. These include colleges, parishes, schools, food pantries, homeless shelters, and Catholic radio stations, including Redeemer Radio. Member-owned not-for-profit banking is the way to go. You raise share of values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. We continue on our conversation about where do we go from here with Notre Dame in the future after losing to Alabama? You're listening to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays on Redeemer Radio. We know you like football. So do we. We're TireRack.com, and this is our version of a two-minute drill, except it's only 30 seconds. TireRack.com has an enormous selection of tires. Not sure which ones to buy? Use our tire decision guide to find the right tires for your vehicle and the way you drive. Then get them shipped fast and free on all orders over $50. Shipping is in as little as one day. Free. TireRack.com ships to independent, recommended installers. TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. Touchdown! Touchdown! 
Welcome back here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Angel DiCarlo, Kevin Downey. We'll hear from Ilya Glasman again a little bit later on. Thanks for joining us here as Notre Dame comes off their defeat to Alabama, knocked out of the college football playoff. We talked about um, Notre Dame and Alabama and, and what Brian Kelly had to say, Kevin. Um, do want to try to effort getting the, the additional sound bites. Again, we heard him uh, not happy with the question from Pete Sampson earlier uh, about the narrative. Um, what are your thoughts recapping that real quick your thoughts on him being annoyed about these questions is he does it make as a coach former coach <laughs> do you understand why he's annoyed or is yes. it ridi- but no. is it or is it ridiculous though that he's taking the stance when his team is losing these big games what do you what do you I just yeah as a human being as a coach and um <laughs> as a person i mean that's your livelihood it's going to be right after you lost the game it would be frustrating to have someone ask that but there is uh data behind that they haven't won the big one, um, so you will have to answer that. But I also understand him being a little annoyed with it, too. You just can do the best job that you can do and uh, go for it every year. All right, so he was then asked a couple more times about this at the end of the press conference uh, by Austin Huff from the Goshen News, and then I got the final question, and he, he wasn't as mad at me as much as he was uh, the others. So uh, we're going to try to play that back for you right now. Let's, uh, let's, let's try to play it back to be the best team every week you just need to be the best team on that given day and i think there's more than just two or three teams that can be the best team on that given day and and i think that that opens it up to more than just two or three teams so i would say i would say that we're both right i would say that you're right in 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 assessing that there's two or three that have prolific prolific weapons and and more than some but i think that there's enough balance with those other teams that and Notre Dame would be one of those included that have enough to, to beat you on any given day. You, you, you keep on reiterating the point about Alabama just made more plays in the game. For you, where do, where do you guys have to go to maybe get players that can make those plays in these big games to get over the hump? Is there something recruiting-wise, there's player development? I'm just kind of curious, like, what is that next step? I know Pete kind of asked that earlier, but what is the, the next step to get those playmakers in the program, I guess? You guys are killing me. Big games, big games. You mean when we play Alabama and Clemson, right? And 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 th- those are the big games. Those are elite, talented teams that have elite players. I just mentioned four players that are going to be vying for the Heisman. When they're on the perimeter, nobody has shut them down. Tell me who has tackled those guys. Everybody's got the same problem that I do. <laughs> it's tackling those guys and getting them down. And it's the same issue. I don't have a unique problem at Notre Dame. Uh, I, I, I think you need to look at the scores that everybody played against Alabama and Clemson. Um, everybody's got the same issue. So we're going to keep recruiting. We're going to keep getting back here. And you, everybody can keep saying, uh, you know, Notre Dame's not good enough. Well, you know what? You're going to have a problem because we're going to keep winning games. We're going to keep getting back here, and uh, we're going to break through. And um, and then I am going to be terrible to be at a press conference with. Terrible. Following up on that, with the firepower aspect that you mentioned, does that mean, and the fact that you're saying, hey, these guys have the elite talent, can Notre Dame get to that elite talent pool, or is that just – the obstacle that you face being with academic standards in Notre Dame, that you, that you're just going to be in that uphill battle to get to that level of Alabama and Clemson and where they're currently at. No, we think we can get there. I mean, look, we, we were, 
we were physical. We ran the football. Uh, there wasn't a physicality issue out there. Last time we played Alabama uh, and Clemson, I felt like there was a physicality issue. We've, we, we've, we've got that. Uh, we know where that needs to, uh, that story needs to end. Um, we got to continue to find more uh, playmakers and we'll, we'll keep working at it. We're going to, we're going to, we're committed to doing it and um, we're not going away. Um, so, you know, great year. Um, it's not where we wanted it. We wanted to win a national championship, but uh, Notre Dame Nation, you guys can get some sleep, um, recharge your battery, and we're going to get ourselves back in this position again. So you don't need to jump off a bridge, a building. Um, we're going to keep working. We're going to rededicate ourselves in the offseason, back in the weight room, and we'll hope to get right back uh, here in Dallas uh, next year. All right. Well, I'm glad he uh, advised people that they don't need to jump off a bridge. That was a little extreme yeah. on the end, but uh, funny. but he's trying to he's trying to let people know that you know they. I don't. I don't. Well, you heard my question at the end, uh, and he thinks they can get there with the with the talent pool. What what do you what do you think overall of what he said there? Uh, obviously, not happy with some of those questions, but then answering some of them, it almost feels like he's kind of contradicting himself because I think some of the questions from the media are as simple as. When they say next step, they mean, well, can is it players? What is it? And he didn't yeah. want to go there. And then he said, well, we need more playmakers. He did mm-hmm. finally say that at the end, um, which is what Ilya pointed out um, yeah. earlier, that they need more playmakers on the outside and things like that. So I thought it was interesting that he didn't like the questions. He didn't like the questions. And then the end, he kind of answered the question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would be, uh, yeah, kind of frustrating having the same question just in different, um, different tones or in different uh, ways. So I guess he did come to the thing. I I like that he has a chip on his shoulder and that he's a little fiery. Like um, they are at that next level down, <laughs> but they're still at that next level. They're a lot better than a lot of other teams. And I guess I'm old enough to remember when Notre Dame football was irrelevant, not even that long ago. So yeah, it, it's a puzzle. He's going to keep working at it. That Alabama's going to have tons of guys that leave and go. Um, but then they re pro, and then the next guy comes in, and you're fine. Exactly. Yeah, and that's the kind of question. So, but but then you know, look at pro football. We had Belichick and Tom Brady forever, and uh, my little brother, who <laughs> was a coach as well, loves watching the Patriots and he was like this is just special we got to really enjoy it now because someday it'll be done well yeah now in 2020 it's done so at some time this run will come over at some time with Brian Kelly they'll either figure it out and win a national championship or Or they'll get worse and they'll get fired (laughs) like you know there's it's just sports (laughs) go ahead Ilya is Notre Dame gonna be that next team that uh, that team that dominates the next well, decade. I look, look. Here's the thing: they're not. I would be stunned if they're in the playoff next year, just because it would be very challenging. I, I mean, mean, they have this this next season. If we do play uh, the schedule that they have right now, will be the easiest schedule they have since 2018, since they made it to the playoff that year as well. But brand new quarterback. Yeah, brand new quarterback. Let's get into offensive this. Offensive line will be fairly new as well. That's the. We're gonna lose like three and, guys. Four, 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 potentially. Four. 
I mean, um, potentially five. I think Patterson, or no, not five. Patterson four. would be the only one coming back. Yeah, I think Aaron Banks probably mm-hmm. may. He, uh, that's hard to say. Yeah, they, they're definitely losing three. Okay, they're losing Eichenberg, Kramer, and Hainsey for sure. Okay, and then Patterson will be back. Aaron Banks, we'll see if he decides to come back or not. He may decide to turn pro. Now, maybe if he comes back, he makes himself a first-round pick next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I could see him coming back. Yeah, and then, guys do that. The and path. then they have Lug, uh, who hopefully he continues to improve. Mm-hmm. Zeke Carell could be a good center if they want to move Patterson to, to yeah. guard or tackle. So they have the depth. And I actually asked Robert Hainsey about this, mm-hmm. if he feels the next group. He goes, And he pointed out, he goes, look, my class, us – we were all brand new in 2018, and we made the playoff. Yeah. You know, we were all young then when we did it. Yeah. So, but they weren't as good. That <laughs> offense wasn't as, yeah. that that offensive line was not as good as. I mean, obviously, it wasn't as good as the 17 line. 17 yeah. line had McGlinchey and Nelson. I yeah. mean, yeah. And then there was a drop off in 18. They were still good. Mm-hmm. They weren't just elite. And then if you're not, but the problem is, if you're not elite, can you get there? the The big problem is wide receiver, uh, right now. Yeah. I mean. I'm not taking anything away from Javon McKinley or or Ben Skoranek. Those guys are good players. They, but, but yeah, they're the they, same player to me. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, you need. But you they need, replaced um, Claypool. But they're not as good as Claypool. Not, not at all. But Claypool's great in the pros. So yeah, that would have yeah. been nice if they didn't have that total. Right, but disparity. they. Need, I mean, the. You know, you have Michael Young. Playing at Cincinnati, there's a guy they could have used. He balled out yesterday. He yeah. did amazing against Georgia. He, we, yeah. You know, there's a guy that used to be on the roster that they don't have anymore that, that they could have used. They need Kevin Austin back for sure. What in the deal is with Braden Lindsay? Well, yeah, I don't know if I you could. I was just going to say that. I was like, what's going on with Lindsay? You know, they used him for one play. and Well, I mean, the guy's injury prone, and and – and I know he's been trying to get back there, so you have to assume. And then you have you have freshmen that didn't even see the field. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's so many guys we don't know about. Like, look at I guess. But why does it take three years for Notre Dame wide receivers to get on the field, whereas Alabama's guys get on the field immediately if they're good enough to be there? I can't answer that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I saw one article where they had the two D depth chart, and they had their um, their recruiting rankings and Notre Dame had a lot of three and four star guys. And then of course, Kyle Hamilton is a five star who's a difference maker. And I'm not a huge recruiting, you know, that I don't think that always lives up to it, but Alabama had all four and five star guys. (laughs) Like they had one three star, whereas Notre Dame had one. If you you look at 24 seven sports right now, you'll see uh, Alabama has seven, five stars and six of them are ranked number one in their position. And here's the thing, but when you have that many five stars, mm-hmm. if 50% of them are hits, yeah. you're st- <laughs> you still look good. You still got it's m- those three guys Alabama. that made the difference. You're Alabama. Well, three guys in the Heisman <laughs> Trophy. <laughs> well, right, and and you're still better off than Notre Dame because Notre Dame only has uh, four or five of those guys. They've got 15, yeah. and Notre Dame, if they only hit on the Kyle Hamiltons and Jeremiah Owusu-Karmoas of the world, then you only have two. This? And and JOK was not even a five star recruit. Yeah, no. again, Hamilton is. JOK mm-hmm. uh, is not. And you know, talking about players that are leaving, uh, Jeremiah Uso Carmoa, I'd be stunned if he came back. Um, yeah, he should he, not come back. He's a first round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, he so might, he that, might be a top ten pick. Right. So I'd be stunned if he if he comes back, and that would be a massive loss to that linebacker crew. Then you have the. New defensive coordinator. What do you do there? Do you promote from within? I've been a big believer of promoting from within. Yeah. But maybe you go after Marcus Freeman from Cincinnati. Um, 
and because maybe you do need to kind of reinvent a little bit because obviously the defense showed no signs of being able to stop Alabama last night. Nothing. At times they had plays. At times. So, again, Alabama averaged 50 points a game. uh, It was once in a shooting star. (laughs) You saw a shooting star. You prayed for a The only thing that stopped them was the eight-minute drive. Otherwise, they would have the ball two more times. The the limited possessions Uh, is what I think stopped them more than anything. I mean, uh, we were down twenty-one-seven at halftime. Uh, I mean, like if you look, 50. yeah, you you felt like <laughs> we were did. down by fifty, but then you look at the scoreboard, you're like, hey, we're down twenty-one-seven. I mean, if we could get a stop here, yeah. which you and know they, they did, and is and then book throws the intercept. Yeah, it was it was rough because I mean, if Mayer has one-on-one coverage, I'd probably throw it nine times out of ten. But he did the one throw you're not supposed to do in that situation where you throw it. You know, underthrown and just a line drive instead of kind of doing, you know, the, you know, the helicopter. Yeah, yeah, just trying to give Mayer a chance. Mayer had no chance to catch that ball. And Ian Book could have ran that, too. He had space, you know, down the sideline. He probably could have picked up a first down on that play. I mean, it's tough because <laughs> at Notre Dame, teams like Notre Dame make one mistake and it changes the entire game. Whereas yeah. Alabama, they can make, you know, <laughs> Seven two, mistakes, three mistakes yeah. and – you know, they're going to still be in the game. They will well, still they have had a, a chance. Notre Dame had to play a perfect game to yeah. win. Yeah. And they didn't, so they didn't even stay in the game. I mean, they only lost by 17. If Again, it felt like 40. They covered yeah. the spread. They lost by less than Clemson did to Ohio State. Yeah. Nobody cares. Um, at least most don't. So um, anything to add, Kevin, in terms of what we were kind of just saying there? Well, I think, yeah, they, they've done a good job. Ryan Kelly's done a good job of adjusting and – and uh, getting better. So last year, I thought the running backs and the linebackers were their weak point. Whereas this year, just a year later, the, he did develop those guys, and they were better. I mean, we didn't even know anything about Williams at yeah. all. Yeah, and, and then they and ended Tyrone up playing back four to five to six different linebackers and having success. So I think, I think that they're in there. I guess if if anything, and maybe it's just because it's the last game I watched, I would take Ohio State as kind of the blueprint as far as hey. They got in it. They were big underdogs. They had a chip on their shoulder, and they made things happen. Now, well, they also have a yeah, really great quarterback. Yeah, Ian Book is not Justin Fields. <laughs> well, here's the thing. The only Nor reason, is Ian Book's The only reason Ohio State was big underdogs is because they only played six games. Yeah, you didn't know what COVID to expect. Yep. So I think everyone at the beginning of the year was like, there's a reason why Ohio State was pushing the Big Ten to play this year because yeah. they knew they were good. Um, and everyone knew they were really good. It was just a matter of, well, they only played six games. Did they so. deserve to be in? It was kind of Yeah, like and the, then once they got in there, I still factor. thought, I, I mean, no doubt, I thought Clemson was going to win. Mm-hmm. But it was because I didn't know what to expect from Ohio State because True. they hadn't played enough games. And the their biggest quality win was Indiana. And for all those Hoosier fans out there, man, are they annoyed right now. Because, yeah. you know, now they're saying, look, look, well, Clemson lost to them by 21. We lost to them by seven. Yeah. For crying out loud, we were right there with them. I think I think to get a true, fair like judgment of Ohio State, I have to see them next week because yeah. this, this oh, yeah. last night's game, they obviously had a chip on their shoulder from last year's uh, Fiesta Bowl yeah. game, and then Dabo, Dabo Sweeney, you know, just Ranking adding fuel to the fire. I mean, <laughs> Dabo kind of brought it on himself uh, last night. You know, this beatdown that they had. Um, so they definitely had. Not just a chip on their shoulder, but they had a chip on both shoulders. They, yeah, they, they were focused. Yeah. All right. And that's what it took. 
A big thank you to Tyrac for their support of our internship program that we run with students from St. Joseph and Marion High Schools here in Michiana. The students receive practical college-level internship experience helping out with our broadcasts of high school sports. Wouldn't be possible without the underwriting support from the folks at Tire Rack. More tires, great prices. Visit TireRack.com. Angel DiCarlo, Kevin Downey, Ilya Glasman here for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays on Redeemer Radio. We're going to take a timeout. When we come back, uh, I think we'll go through our grades, our final grades, position by position for Notre Dame, and, and see where we stand from from you know through four games, eight games, and now at the end of the season. This should be interesting to see how much they change. We're back right after this on Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays on Redeemer Radio. Do unto others as you would have others do unto you. The Golden Rule. When you schedule a financial checkup with Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, our people will be helpful and honest and kind. They will look for ways to save you money, and when your checkup is complete, they will send $150 to Redeemer Radio. For more info, visit NotreDameFCU.com slash elevate. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Welcome back here on Redeemer Radio. Andre DiCarlo, Kevin Downey, Ilya Glasman, and uh, Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. If you like all things Notre Dame, stick around after our show for Church Life Today with Lenny DiLorenzo from the Wrath Institute for Church Life. That's coming up next. Then at 11 a.m., it's Dr. Doctor, and at noon, Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes. Okay, obviously we know Notre Dame coming off the loss last night. We're going to go through our grades position by position, our final grades, and we'll start at quarterback. Kevin, uh, after four games, you said B+. Then after eight games, you said A. I went uh, B and then A-. minus. What's your final grade for Ian Book at quarterback? Back. A minus B plus. I, you know the last two games are really tough, and again those are really good defenses. But this is the best Notre Dame quarterback that I can remember seeing in person over three years. So yeah, I think there was a little bit of a drop off. The the better the people got. So which way are you going? A minus or B plus? I have to say B plus. Okay, but I'm still a huge fan. Wow, <laughs> Ilya, what are you gonna say? Yeah, I love Ian Book, and I'm you know you saw. You know how much he grew from 2018 that uh, lost yeah. to Clemson to now, yeah. but yeah, I'd have to get the same grade B plus because yeah. I mean he just uh, you know he elevated himself to like an A plus level that Clemson game in the regular season, but then he just I don't know he just kind of went back to a shell of himself the last two games. Yeah, I mean look, he was a B through four games for me, and then he was. A B minus maybe for the last two games, and uh, you know that's half the season. In between there, he was he was an A, yeah. Uh, but that that other stuff goes. So I'll say B plus. Running backs, uh, you had A both both times through four games. I had A minus both times. What do you say now, Kevin? I still say A. I think that's okay. a really good strength, Kevin. Or uh, Ilya? I'd say A plus. Uh, I mean, a plus. A plus. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, compared compared to the running backs we've had in the past, Kyron Williams and Chris Tyree, they're uh, they were amazing this year, and they're going to be amazing the next couple of years that they're here. You know, I had them at A minus through four games, A minus through eight games. I actually dropped them down to B plus. I just feel like, and it's not a shot at Kyron. I think, I think he played very well last night. I thought, yeah. Um, but he wasn't Najee Harris last night, and he, um, I think he was hurt down the stretch. He was worn yeah, out, he was so injured. I don't think he was able to play that level. Now I think a full season under his belt. Next year, he could probably go all, you know, 
12 to 14 games, whatever ends up being for Notre Dame, and be fine. But I thought that was a big factor. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wide receivers. (laughs) This is the one that's been all over the place. Kevin, through four games, you had him at a D. I had him at a D minus. Then through eight games, you said B, and I said B minus. Where do you say now through 12 games? Um, I I guess I'd say C minus, D plus, so probably more in the D plus if you're realistic. I mean, they're they're just below average. they are. They played better, and they got better throughout the year. You, it was neat to see them actually progress and be a part of the plan. But, yeah, they just really struggled. They they weren't there. Ilya? Yeah, I'd have to give them a D, but not because of their, you know, play. It's kind of uh, unfair that we compare them to the Alabama receivers because, you know, they're different styles. But, um, you know, Tommy Reese didn't really um, utilize them, which is like going over the top, trying to make – you know, those 75-25 catches, and it was uh, – you saw the production level when they tried to do whatever Alabama did. Yeah, I went with C. I just think they're average. Mm-hmm. I don't even think they're – I don't necessarily think they're below average. When they when they were playing teams that were average teams, they played well. Yeah. And then when they were playing teams that were really good, they, they, they struggled. And part of that was the offensive line and Ian Book not having time. Yeah. Some of that was Ian Book having to scramble and then not able to find him. And some of it was just that they don't have enough weapons at wide receiver and they certainly don't have that speed. All right, uh, tight ends. Uh, Kevin, you said A and A. I had them at B plus and then B. What's your final grade for the tight ends? Oh, I'd say A, and I think they have really good depth. I, one of the big injuries was um, Tremble. Tremble, yeah, yeah, going out. I mean, he can do He'll be okay. about anything. He can line up at wideout, tight end, in the box. He's a motion guy. He can do the running back stuff like fullback. So, yeah, he's he'll be a big. Yeah, and he's fine. He, it was a sprained ankle. Yeah. So he, he'll he be okay. There's no long-term issue on that. And then, obviously, Michael Mayer is fantastic. Yeah, awesome. um, and a freshman. And, and a freshman. Uh, what, what grade would you yeah, give? I'd also give an A. I mean, this was the best group, you know, from start the year to – today yeah. so you know what i gave him a b plus um and maybe a hard grader I, I that's exactly what you told me last time <laughs> uh, the reason why i go b plus is just simply because i think um you know they didn't have cole Komet. i think mayor is getting there and mayor will be fantastic next year and tremble will be as well um but i just don't i feel like we're seeing I have I go with the tight end you philosophy. Yeah. I have I agreed on a curve with the tight end position. I guess. So I'll say that. Um offensive line interested in it on this one. Uh Kevin you had him in an A through 8 games and an A through 4 games and then through 8 games you said you were nervous about the center being out. Wow. Uh yeah. you're right. Unfortunately prophetic. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize how big of an impact that uh Jared Patterson would make. Yeah. I mean he really did. That's yeah, I, I'd say uh, A minus, like they were good, um, and I'm I'm an easy grader. But that that injury was huge. R- real quick, Kelly. Yeah, I go A minus. You know, they were solid, and it was a rough injury, and you saw the impact. So. Yeah, I'll say A minus also. Okay, let's switch to the defense. Defensive line. Kevin had A minus through four games, and then uh, through eight games in A. What do you say now at the end of the season on the defensive line? <sighs> I'd say A minus. Um, wow, you're still that high. Yeah, they. The past two games, though, they just didn't have as big of an impact against those great teams. Yeah, that's why. That's why I go B minus because B minus. Wow. That, that's why because um, you know when they have to play the offensive line of like Clemson and Alabama, they just. I mean, they were able to create some pressure, but they just could never bring the quarterback down. So, and that yeah. made a huge difference. Yeah, I'll go in between you guys, kind of. I'll, I'll say B plus. Uh, linebackers. Kevin had an A minus, then an A. I had a B plus, then an E minus. Kevin, what's your final grade on the linebackers? Uh, I'd say B plus. 
Okay. Again, they're influenced by the people all around them, the people in front of them and behind them. But overall, they had a, they were good. Then they played lots of people. Ilya? I give uh, JOK an A and everybody else a B-. minus. <laughs> okay. Nice. I'll let good you separation. get away with that. Yeah. Um, I went with A- minus overall because I think JOK just raises you to a certain level. Um, secondary. This is was a problem. It's, tough. it's a little too fresh from last from yesterday. <laughs> well, what about the? I mean, it wasn't good against Clemson either. Sure. Uh, you had a minus through four games and then an A. Um, I had B plus then an A minus. What do you say? Uh, or I'm sorry, you had a B and then a B plus, and then I had a B plus then a B. We actually rotated. Yeah. Uh, what do you say now through twelve games? Um, I'd say uh, B minus. It's still their weak spot. They, Kyle Hampton's awesome. The corners got better, and there are actually two of them this year, which is an improvement over the past couple of years. But in general, that was their, where they got exposed. I give them a C plus um, because yesterday they did their job. They didn't allow uh, Alabama to beat them deep, but uh, they just couldn't tackle in space. They were clearly slower. I think Clark Lee put it the best way. It's certainly not a weakness, but it's not a strength. So C plus. Yeah, I go C plus. Um, I think we talk about that elite speed on the outside. They need it in the secondary as well. They have Hamilton. They need more. Clarence Lewis, I think, is going to be really good, And but they need more. Mm-hmm. They need a lot more. They were relying on Sean Crawford, who is have three season-ending injuries. Um, God bless him, man. Yeah, played amazing he, he, for he, his <laughs> – he gave, he gave everything he had, yeah. but um, – you know, and they're relying on a guy who had three season-ending injuries. If he gets hurt, it would have been a lot worse, in, in my opinion. So I go C plus special teams. Kevin, uh, obviously Jonathan Dorr was a problem. That was the note I had at the uh, end. At yeah. the end, uh, unfortunately, what's your final grade on special teams? Um, I still think overall they're pretty solid. B plus, they're good. All right, I'm surprised. Yeah, punt, punt coverage and uh, kickoff coverage did pretty well. Not letting Devonta Smith, um, you know, beat them there. Um, I was that kick ever tipped yesterday that field goal attempt uh, did they i don't know if it was that? ever confirmed it was ever but confirmed, either way but yeah uh but yeah i'd go a b minus it sucks that dora just decides to have the yips at the two <laughs> at most the important well games i year. think he was like that for a while to be honest i had it through eight games i was starting to get worried about yeah, him. Was, so i, I put it, it at c plus it was after that miss at the carolina game it just kind of took a turn for the worse all right kevin your final grade on coaching oh it's tough a minus i still think you He's doing really well for where he's at, but boy, we didn't win the big one again. Ilya? I'd have to go a B plus because I think they did an amazing coaching, including yesterday in terms of the game plan, but that Clemson game and the ACC championship game, they decided to stick with the same game plan. They didn't make any adjustments at halftime, and uh, that's where it kind of, that's why it's you know lower for me. Yeah, I'd go B plus. Last year I said A minus, just making it to the playoff. You've now set the standard of getting there, so now you're down to a B plus, yep. and you got to make it to the championship to get into the A range, <laughs> in my opinion. Uh, overall, Captain, what's your grade? Um, I'd say uh, A minus, B plus, B plus, B plus. Okay, Ilya. Yeah, this was a successful season. I go a B plus. You know, we got to the playoff again, which is what we wanted to do, but. Unfortunately, we couldn't take that next step or, you know. Just those last two games are always going to be in your mind. Yeah, Yeah, well, uh, I go A minus. A is is if you get to the national title game. A plus is if you win it. (laughs) Considering everything that happened this year, uh, this was a successful season. I'm glad that they were able to play. It was a chaotic year. Yeah. Yeah. Looking at Notre Dame's schedule for next season, if I can get it up, because no internet here at the station, trying to find it. (laughs) 
I knew I should have wrote this down. It always always works that way, right? Um, okay, 2021 at Florida State on Labor Day. Then Toledo, home against Purdue versus Wisconsin at Soldier Field. Cincinnati at home at Virginia Tech, USC, North Carolina, Navy at Virginia, Georgia Tech at Stanford. I think Ilya's right. It's a, it's a winnable schedule. Cincinnati and Wisconsin, uh, probably the hardest games on that schedule. What do you guys think? Well, yeah, and then bringing back USC and uh, Stanford in a normal yeah. year, that would be interesting. Yeah, let's hope this is the schedule, <laughs> right? I mean, Don't forget about North Carolina. They, they're they going to get better next year. Yeah, good point. Especially defensively, and, and they bring back Sam Howell. So. All right, gentlemen, thank you very much. Uh, in closing, we want to give a shout-out, and our prayers continue to be with uh, Gabe Davey, Marion High School graduate who was involved in a horrific car accident down in Florida this week, uh, making a miraculous recovery, was submerged underwater. Uh, somehow he is walking and talking again, which is such incredible news. But please continue to give, keep Gabe and his family in your prayers. Gabe's dad, Christian, is a member of our Redeemer Radio board. His uh, Gabe's mom, Lori, also volunteers and is a big part of our South Bend Bocce Ball Committee as well. So uh, Gabe Davey remaining in our prayers for a speedy and safe recovery. That will do it for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Notre Dame FCU, where you bank does matter. Thanks to our audio operator all season long, Ilya Glasman. And as always, a big thank you to my partner, Kevin Downey, for another great year. This again, our final show of the season. Notre Dame falls to Alabama in the college football playoff. The Irish finished the year at 10-2. and two. Thank you so much to each and every one of you listening, whether on the radio or through our podcast, listening all season long here for our third season of Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Wishing you a happy new year on behalf of everyone here at Redeemer Radio. I'm Angel DiCarlo. We close our show the same way the Irish traditionally close their pregame in prayer. Hi, this is Father Nate Wills. I'm a Holy Cross priest, a faculty member at Notre Dame's Alliance for Catholic Education, and one of the chaplains to the Notre Dame football team. This is a prayer that the players pray together at the end of our pregame mass. Let us pray. Grant, we beseech you, O Lord our God, that we may enjoy continual health of mind and body, and by the glorious intercession of Mary Our Lady, May we accept the joys and trials of this life and someday enter into eternal happiness. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Go Irish! This has been a presentation of Redeemer Radio Sports. Thanks for joining us for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Are you feeling sandwiched between caring for aging parents while still raising children? If so, join me, Chris Godfrey, every Monday afternoon at 1230 for my new show, The Sandwich Generation. Every week I'll have conversations with experts and friends on this important calling. Being sandwiched is a great opportunity for growing on our friendship with God. So tune in for good advice and inspiration every Monday afternoon at 1230 or listen anytime at RedeemerRadio.com slash sandwich.